Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Hey, good morning. Thank you for joining us here on Real Presence Live. It is Tuesday, February 23rd. I am one of your co-hosts, Karen Gibas, along with a baptized by water let's welcome him for the first time co-host brett eckert oh, good morning thank you brett for being here this morning what a great show we have lined up oh agree let's start off with prayer will you lead us in prayer please I'd love to please join in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen heavenly father we are so grateful uh, for you offering yourselves to us for giving us a relationship with you and offering your hand out to us on a constant basis Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us. And we ask, Lord, that as we continue through this Lenten season, that we continue to grow in our relationship with you. To also see all those around us who are needing of you, and that we reach out to them and invite them into a relationship with our God. We thank you, Lord, for this time together. Bless our conversations and bless this time that we have together. We ask all this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the The Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you, Brett, again for being here. Yeah. We are live at the Mustard Seed in Rapid City, South Dakota. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. There was rain at my house and a rainbow, which is a beautiful way to start any morning that I don't like to get up. So it's uh, the kind of day in the banana belt of the South Dakota plains and hills to to delight in the wonders of the Lord. Oh, I completely agree. Um, You were talking about it being raining up where you were at. Uh, Let's just say down at my house, uh, one of the most beautiful things for me to be able to see is the snow on trees. And I live a little bit in the middle of the Black Hills, so we were able to still have some snow on the trees and just being able to appreciate the beauty that God gives us uh, every single day to see. So Yeah, I love the snow on the trees. It makes me feel like there's some clean, white, <laughs> you know, it, it like reminds me of, I suppose, confession. Very true. Very Going true. in and just getting a nice, just clean soul. So, <laughs> well, we, uh, let's move into our first interview of the day. Now, before we get started, we'd just like to give a disclaimer for our audience that for the next half hour, we will be talking about a subject that may not be suitable for our younger audience. So uh, make a decision at the, right now whether you're going to allow your children to listen in. We are going to be talking with Sister Mary Elliott about stopping human trafficking at the local level. Sister, are you there? I am here. Oh, thank you so much for joining us, Sister Mary Elliott. Can you tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a Franciscan sister uh, here in Rochester, Minnesota, um, and I have been for about 55 years, so I'm considered um, wise, (laughs) or at least least an elder. Um, I am a longtime educator. I began in elementary school. Uh, Then I 
after seven years and the school closed, that was during those days, um, I became an adult educator, <clears throat> both in uh, local community-based organizations. Uh, then, I, then I moved to the di- uh, Catholic Diocese, where I served uh, for three years. And then I worked at uh, St. Mary's Hospital at Mayo Clinic for 27 years. So I've been a math teacher from 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade to a medical ethics educator at, uh, in the hospital and with patients and their families. Well, that is a wide experience right there. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you um, have opportunities of, of being a sister. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you answer the call that God puts, right? You answered every time that God called you, you just responded. Well, and every every opportunity was just that. It was a new opportunity, a new experience, um, more education, and, um, and 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 just gift, 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 gift. And currently, I'm, a, I'm currently I'm on the administrative team for the Franciscan Sisters here in Rochester. <clears throat> oh, well, that's wonderful. Well, th- last year. At the, we had you on um, to talk about human trafficking at the local level. Now, can you, for our listeners, can you please define what human trafficking is? Human trafficking involves uh, the use by force or fraud or coercion human beings for labor or commercial sex. Um, Every year, millions of men, women, and children are trafficked worldwide, uh, and millions in the United States are also trafficked for those things. Um, It's really the use use of people, um, getting them um, into uh, a rhythm of work, for little or no pay in order to get your your jobs done, like could be farm working, it could be um, working in a factory, anything like that, uh, where you pay them little or you get them into a, a business that is a cooperative, uh, I'm going to use the word cooperative, where you house them, you feed them, um, you provide them with uniforms, but you don't give them freedom, and you and you give them very very little money, if any. Uh, the same thing in the sex trafficking. You're using people to perform dancing, prostitution, um, whatever it is that that um, you are in the line of, and you do it for your pockets, not the pockets of the persons that you have. Um, coerced into this um, business, and it is a business. It's a huge business. Okay, well, I I really appreciate that you had included the definition that it's work for little or no pay. I guess I had never thought of human trafficking even in that light. You know, normally the first thing that comes to mind is is the sexual Mm -hmm. side of it, you know, the, the prostitution or things like that, but I suppose that you know, when, if we don't have a clear def- definition of what human trafficking is, we can't really, I guess, change 
what it is. So thank you for for bringing that to my attention. Um, mm -hmm. We are. We are talking with Sister Mary Elliott about uh, stopping human trafficking at the local level. We just want to, again, say that for the next half hour, we will be talking about a subject that may not be suitable for the younger audience. Um, so, okay, so in the last year since you were on, um, has, there, has this problem changed at all? I mean, especially with the COVID situation or, or just in general, has this problem changed? Um, there are a couple of things. One is that with COVID, things slowed down a little bit um, because there was there was fear of not picking these people up and not bringing them into into the workplace or the oh the stable is, is what they call the place where women are women and men young boys are kept uh, during their time of trafficking, but um, there there was not the demand. Uh, there was more fear, uh, and then as things went on, and there's also less work to do, so uh, the people who were doing the work um, were, in a sense, tossed out, or they weren't needed. Uh, but now it's, uh, it's increased again, and along with that increase is the increase in domestic violence, which is within the home. It's not really externally trafficked, but it's uh, violence against uh, women, children, men, right in the home because of frustration, because of the lockdown kinds of things that uh, were demanded, especially um, after sports games, which has been going on for a long time, but, um, but now more so because of the confinement. So we're, we're back into an uptick now that we can get out, <laughs> more or less. Yeah. Um, so, what are some things that um, you can, that you're involved in? That is, do you bring awareness to this issue? Do you, what are some of the programs and different things uh, that you're involved in in regards to helping prevent this terrible tragedy? Uh, one, we work the Sisters of Saint Francis work with uh, victim services, and in Minnesota we have um, uh, navigators assigned to sections of the state. We have eight navigators. Um, and we work with them to um, not for, for doing education, but also to provide them with resources um, for the victims. For instance, uh, a young woman um, did education for human trafficking as her project for confirmation. Mm. Um, and she and her grandmother, it's just a wonderful, wonderful story. She and her grandmother... Um, um, did this? She did this uh, project, and her grandmother and she did a baking project after it was over with because they wanted to raise the money to go towards helping people who had been trafficked. They had the bake sale. They raised eight hundred dollars in their local community. Um, took that money, and um, after we had spoken, went out and bought small backpacks and filled them with product. Because when the young women or men uh, are released from their trafficking, they have nothing. When the police do a raid or when they're um, brought together, these people have absolutely nothing but the clothes on their back um, because they have been kept away from shopping and all that, and they've not been given much money. 
at all, if any at all. So um, they put this project together. They filled up 22 backpacks, brought them here to Rochester, and we took them down to the victim services um, and our navigator, and they have they have closeted them, <laughs> you know, packed them away. But with every person that uh, is is caught or brought in um, for trafficking, they are given this backpack. We've also raised money uh, through our presentations to church groups, uh, civic groups, nursing groups, nursing education groups, um, to buy um, little credit cards, $20 cards at Walmart or Quick Trip or some other convenience place where they can go out and um, purchase some of their own needs, including food. Um, we also uh, have been working with emergency rooms in there. Excuse me? It, We've been working it, in, with the emergency rooms, EMTs, um, I Safe Harbor people, uh, social services, Catholic social services, within, uh, the National Catholic Sisters Network, which we are a part of. So that works across the country and around the world. Well, thank you so much for... Uh, for the involvement, and I mean, it's just also a beautiful story in regards to to the young girl through her confirmation and, and feeling the Lord's pull on her heart for these individuals who go through this. Um, I think sometimes, as as a normal person, we sometimes look and we're like, "Well, that that can't happen around here." Um, can you give us some light in regards to sometimes we just think that, oh, "Well, that's somewhere else," um, that this is actually happening around here, correct? Absolutely. Um, you have, in your area, you would have more Native uh, people that would, would be, well, I shouldn't say more, but you have Native people who are being trafficked. Um, and that is, that's very, very subtle um, because many of the people who are being trafficked, well, most of them, don't want to talk about it. It's a private thing. It's it's a shame. It's um Oh, it's, the, it's your worst nightmare, and kids that are trafficked don't want to have anything to do with their parents because they think their parents wouldn't accept them back, which is not really the truth. Parents are grateful to get their kids back. Yeah, um, go ahead. We um, we need to take a break, sister, but this is all sure. very enlightening, and I can't wait for us to come back and discuss more about how maybe someone... Um, if someone ha- is being trafficked or what the signs that we on a local level can look for. So uh, mm-hmm. s- stay with us here on Real Presence Live. We will be right back after a break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. 
Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibis along with Brett Eckert, and we are here live at the Mustard Seed in Rapid City, South Dakota. We are speaking to Sister Mary Elliott about stopping human trafficking at the local level. We just want to remind our listeners that for the next 15 minutes, we will be talking about a subject that is not suitable for younger audiences, in case you just tuned in with us. Um, So we're going to get right back to the interview. Um, Sister, can we take this second half of this interview and just educate our listeners on some of the signs to be able to recognize human trafficking around them? Surely. Right. So, um, what is what is something like the number one thing that everyone should be looking for when? I mean, there's. I'm sure there's lots of signs, lots of little hints or things. But what's the number one most obvious thing? Well, that's a good question. <clears throat> there's kind of a, a cluster of things. Um, your your persons who are trafficked usually avoid eye contact with persons that they meet. Uh, They may withdraw, become secretive, dishonest, sneaky. Um, And those are the kind of facial expressions that you'll see, the the physical behaviors. Um, they uh, They show evidence of being controlled. Um. You know how when someone is being controlled, you can kind of watch them and they just kind of, their eyes dart around and they're not paying any attention, but they're paying attention. Um, there's evidence of, of a person not being able to move uh, physically from place to place or um, a desire, not a desire, but a, uh, yeah, a desire not to leave a job. I have to stay at this job. I can't leave this job. I can't leave this town. 
I can't leave this neighborhood um, because they are being supervised or watched. Any signs of physical abuse, um, bruises, um, cuts, um, people who cower when someone comes towards them because they're afraid they're going to get hit, um, depression um, and great fear, um, not speaking on, on their own behalf, or in some cases, um, not being able to speak English or the language of the area, and, um, and just, again, withdrawing. Um, I think um, they become sullen, moody, um, truant from school, uh, hang out with a selective group, if anybody. Now, this sounds like a regular teenager. <laughs> I was just kind of thinking that, you know, there's a few differences, but it sounds kind of like a teenager in my, yeah. Yeah, and, and a lot of them, while they're from 11, the greatest uh, preponderance is between 11 and 17. Oh, wow. That's when they're, when they're trafficked. So if you have young children, um, 11, 12, 9, 8, some of these kids are very, um, because they've been in abusive homes, they're very susceptible at a very young age. Uh, people now, that are, you see, go ahead. Does this include both boys and girls? Or is there a different yes. age demographic for human trafficking for the children? It's about the same. And, and the numbers of trafficked youth are basically within maybe a couple hundred uh, equal for men or young boys and men and women. However, you don't hear about the boys and the men because they don't talk about it. Women don't either, but there's a, there's a better, there's a better uh, connection with the girls, with their little friends, their little buddies. You know, did you see so-and-so? Oh, is he ever nice to me? He bought me this or he did this or, or the, the young boy. Uh, that a young man would be um, going after. Um, uh, runaways, young children who are um, who have left their home, who are afraid of um, their own relatives, um, because there are some families that get into this, and it's the whole, it's the the grandfather, the father, the son, etc., uncles, aunts. And it's not just men that are that are um, traffickers. There are also women who are traffickers. And there are men and women who are users, or what they call johns. Well, thank you. Uh, for our listeners, we're talking to Sister Mary Elliott. Um, and we're talking about human trafficking and, and uh, the horrors of it. But also, uh, we just got done hearing some of the signs and uh, that we can kind of see from uh, exhibited behaviors. Um, the question that I have to you would be, what would be your advice to uh, and how to go about if I su suspect that somebody is being trafficked or something is, is not right? What do I, as a normal person on the street or having a relationship with these individuals, uh, what should I do? What's the best course of action for us? If you know the person, you might want to ask them how they are just just general don't you know don't narrow in and say i think you're being trafficked that is 
the worst thing because they will just, you talk about avoidance. <laughs> you talk about sneaky. You talk about dishonest. It's just up and over the top when you get there. So um, uh, what type of questions do you ask? I would say, um, how's, how are things going? Um, how's, your, how's school going? Uh, what, what are you doing? What kind of work are you doing? Just the general, general questions. Um, and, and it's just concern. If it's not somebody you know, I wouldn't even approach them. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, I just put loose something, I can't find it now. Uh, but I would say, uh, rather than, than approach them, if you see a regular pattern, I would call uh, a number. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call 911 unless you see something coming down, going down. <laughs> mm. um, but otherwise, um, if you are looking for some more information or uh, what to do, um, I would suggest that you call this number, um, which is one eight 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 three seven three. Seven eight eight eight. That is that will connect you with um, a person who can help you um, look, help you understand what you're looking for and what you are seeing, and how to talk with this person. Or they will say thank you very much for the information, which will be demographics probably mostly. And then, um, then they will follow up, and they will do some observing. They won't run in and grab the kid or, you know, attack the parents or anything. They'll just do some observation, and it'll be a while before you see any change, if you see a change. Another number that you can call if you see something happening is 911, of course, Um or if you have a local advocate that you know of in your city uh, or town, you can call them directly and they will assist you and also um, give you uh, some advice on backing off or moving forward. Um, that, you know, and now, ahead. is this the number, this 888-373? Seven eight eight eight. Is that the number that say if someone's listening and they themselves are being human trafficked, would that be a number they could call as well? That's right. If you think you have encountered a victim of trafficking, that's the number you call. If you see it happening, like you see somebody, um, some young person getting into a car with a stranger on a regular basis. Now, one of the things that was happening uh, locally here, not locally in the Twin Cities, um, somebody would stop at the school bus stop. The kid would get out of the car, the child would get out of the car, out of the bus, and then get right in the car, and there, there might be two or three other kids there. And that went on and on and on, and they followed the car and found out what was going on. It was human trafficking. Um, so- does this, do situations like this, now you say that they get off the school bus, um, so this means, I mean, they're not 
in a lockdown prison situation. They're living a normal life. They're going to school or they're going to work or they're, they're living in the world, but they're being controlled, right? So it, you, you don't assume that just because they live with their parents that they're not being human trafficked. That's correct. They could live in their own family home. They could, they could live um, outside of there. They could be couch surfers on, you know, kids that are teenagers that are couch, couch surfers. There's no, um, there's no stability in their home. They're not there. They're living in other people's homes for short periods of time. Hmm. That is just, it's very heart-wrenching to me to just imagine that this happens here on a local level. I mean, it, that it happens, period, but on a local level in our listening area. Well, Sister, we have um, just a, f- a few more moments to talk with you. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, this is very uplifting, and I, I know that's one of the um, one of the taglines that you people use is we're here to do some uplifting things, but um, uplifting in the sense that um, you have control. Uh, pornography is a growing negative force in human trafficking experience, and pornography, as you know, is what takes the person's uh, makes persons objectify the other. So um, pornography is being viewed by kids as young as Mm. five and six because they accidentally get on a pornography um, channel on their their, um, devices by a misspelling. It's Mm. a billion-dollar business. It's easily acceptable to most the most innocent computer person Mm -hmm. and cell phone user. So. Well, not uplifting, but it's it's huge in uh, contributing to human trafficking. Yeah, and that does make sense. Well, thank you, Sister Mary Elliott, for taking time out of your morning this, to share with our listeners about human trafficking and giving us some helpful hints on how to recognize it. And also the number, again, that number is 888-373-7888. So thank you again, Sister. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, well, we're going to take another break, and we will be back with more here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 